Welcome into The Harvest, a podcast dedicated to helping ordinary believers take the message and mission of Jesus out of the building and into the everyday places of life. My name is Andrew Stroud, and I'm glad you've joined us today. I've got my co-host Abigail Wilson on the line. Abby, how's it going? Hey, Andrew. It's going pretty good. Hanging in there. Yeah, this has been an exciting week at the Wilson household. Um, We've had to reschedule this particular recording session for the podcast a few times. (laughs) How are you guys holding up? We're holding up. Um, I did realize before we started this podcast call that um, the last time we did a call, um, I was talking about potty training. And so I'm going to try not to mention any fluids, but let's just say that fluids have been happening here at the Wilson household um, in places that they shouldn't happen. So, you know, (laughs) this is just my life. This is who I am now is cleaning up fluids. (laughs) So, yeah, we're recovering. You guys are definitely... Yeah, you guys are definitely in that uh, chapter of life with uh, young kiddos, especially your youngest. So hang in there. I know. Yeah, we're going to make it. We're going to be fine. I think um, everyone is out of the woods, knock on wood, many prayers of any more stomach bugs. And I am recovering from a cold. So I hope you guys enjoy this nasally version of Abigail that I'm bringing to the table today. (laughs) (laughs) No, you actually sound good. I'm glad that you're feeling better. Thank you. Yeah. So how have you guys been doing, Andrew? What's going on? Man, it has really been a blur for us. Um, we do have um, probably the the biggest thing that, that's happened this week is we put our 16-year-old son on our auto insurance policy. The good news is he's able to drive himself wherever he needs to go. The mm. bad news is is that our insurance tripled. Uh, oh. Just by adding oh. him, so Ouch, uh, boys, which <laughs> it's so true, it's so true. So uh, that's the battle that we're fighting this week. But um, but we also put this on the Instagram story. Cindy and I actually went out for a very rare date to the theater and saw the uh, the play Wicked, which was exceptional. If uh, you ever get a chance to to watch that, it's definitely a high recommend. So we oh, we really yeah. enjoyed that. It's, I'm super jealous. That's definitely on my top five shows to see. Yeah. Well, um, the other thing that's been going on this week that is not so much on the family level, but just with the Into the Harvest community itself, I think both you and I have been hearing from people literally all over the world who have gotten plugged in with the community, either on social media or through this podcast, who are really stepping out in faith and looking to to be disciples, to make disciples, to be the church in the everyday places of life. And the way I like to think about it is that in Matthew 13, Jesus describes the entire world as this harvest field, and it all belongs to him. But each of us are in different corners of that harvest. And just to hear from people who are taking the, those steps of faith to move out into their corner of the harvest and represent Jesus has been a huge encouragement, I know, to both of us. So that's been a pretty exciting thing over the past few weeks, just hearing from from those of you who are part of our community, asking for prayer and giving us updates on, on how things are going. Oh, yeah. I mean, it is super exciting. Uh, I just... Oh, I can't get enough of it. You guys, send us your pictures, your updates. Tell us your little victories, your big victories, whatever they may be. We 
absolutely live for those things. Um, I I actually got some text messages as we were getting ready to record from a friend, um, some pictures of her teaching like 50 ladies how to share their story and God's story. Um, and then with some awesome updates that some of those ladies reached out to her and wanted to know more. So man, Tina Wood, shout out to you. <laughs> we are so excited that the ladies of Alaska now know how to share <laughs> the gospel so we are psyched and we're praying for that going on up there it's pretty cool yeah it's it's kind of just a a good connection point for us to just give thanks to god now 2018 has been an amazing year we launched into the harvest at the beginning of this year and then started this podcast in may and super grateful for how the community has grown And that's something that we want to emphasize. We've done a couple of stories about it on Instagram this past week that we really do want this to become a community and a coalition of like-minded, like-hearted believers. Our hope is that we can inspire and encourage and resource you to, to live that life of devotion to Jesus, to become a disciple maker and to be the church in the everyday places of life. And maybe just to spend a minute trying to break those down when we think about discipleship, disciple making, and and being the church, what are we talking about? I mean, discipleship at its most basic level is is us living a life of devotion to Jesus. So my life of discipleship is when I go about my daily life living it in a way that expresses my devotion to Jesus. Disciple making is when I pass on that life of devotion to the next generation. And then being the church is learning how to live as the family of God together in the everyday of life. So those three areas, discipleship, disciple making, and being the church and doing all of them in the everyday places of life is really what we want to see this community be about. And hopefully we can inspire and encourage you guys to do that. Yeah, that's right. And so one thing we've seen is that if you're new to this, or even if you've gotten started and hit a inevitable hiccup um, and gotten bogged down, that one of the most challenging things is just getting started and restarted. And so we want to hit the home stretch for season one of this podcast, and we're going to be doing a three-part series on getting started in the harvest is what we've kind of titled it. And so we're going to tackle this from the standpoint of obstacles. So we've kind of taken three things that we've seen that are often, you know, in the way and keeping people from getting started. Um, And so we're going to kind of hit into that. Yeah, so on this particular episode, we're going to tackle the first of those obstacles, which is uncertainty. And uncertainty is something that often keeps us from moving forward. Sometimes we just don't know exactly how we're supposed to move forward in our faith, and we can lack a a clear sense of direction. So what we'd like to do today is share some experiences from our own journey with Jesus, what has helped us find a clear direction for following him, and then move into some practical ways that you can begin to overcome uncertainty when it comes to following Jesus and helping others follow him. Yeah, I'm super excited for this series. So we're going to talk about uncertainty today, but in the next few episodes, we're going to be helping you figure out how to overcome two other common obstacles, which are fear and busyness. And it's going to be really good. Oh boy. Yeah, I know. Those are going to be big. I know. So (laughs) buckle up, everybody. Get ready. Um, But first, let's dive into the first one, which is the struggle with uncertainty. Andrew, why don't you just kind of kick us off here? 
Well, I think this is a great place to start because I think it's true for so many of us in, in the Christian faith that we, we come to faith, we put our trust in Jesus, and then for a lot of people, there can be a big question mark, which is, you know, now what? What, what comes after I make this pr- profession of faith? And there's a great verse in Proverbs 29:18 that says, where there is no vision, the people perish. And a lot of times we just don't have a vision for discipleship. I think it's something that is, is really underemphasized in certainly in the United States among the, the, the Christian church that, that I'm familiar with. There can be a huge emphasis on helping people avoid hell and getting people to heaven. Or sometimes we can have a focus on living a moral, ethical life. And that's what we're really trying to do in our own lives. And that's what our churches are trying to get um, people to do. Sometimes we can get caught up in social or political issues of the day and think that that's how we're going to live the Christian life. But discipleship has always been about following Jesus and his example of submission to the Father and his involvement in the Father's work. And that's relevant because when we talk about following Jesus, we're not just talking about following his teachings. Jesus is alive today. And so discipleship is learning how to follow a risen Savior, a living Lord, and also following his example of submission and involvement to the Father's work. Yeah, you know, when I think about this whole idea, it reminds me of the passage in 2 Corinthians five seventeen through 21. And I love this section because it starts off in verse 17, giving us the good news that we have a new identity in Christ. But then it doesn't stop there because in verse 21, it also gives us this new task of being Christ's ambassadors. And we actually talked about this verse over on our Instagram. We keep bringing it up. But guys, if you're not on our Instagram, like get involved because we are there. Anyway, we talked about it a few weeks ago. Yeah. And it's really just such a perfect picture of how we can't have one without the other. Um, Our salvation also comes with a job. So we have this new identity (laughs) and now we have a new life and a new purpose. So I know a lot of people have started using these verses right away when they share the gospel and someone accepts Christ. And it's like their immediate commissioning into this new role. And I love that. And I honestly wish I'd had such a clear understanding of our mission as believers when I first got saved. But just that idea that one does not come without the other. You know, we can't... uh, take on the salvation of Christ without realizing that we also have a really important job to do um, as his ambassadors. So, yeah. Yeah, we were talking about this just before we started recording that oftentimes we segment out salvation from discipleship. And it's almost like when we think about the gospel, we confine it to salvation, someone coming to faith and, and beginning their journey with Christ. And so that can almost become like a a Christianity 101. And then if they're really serious or if they're, if they're really sincere, then they move to Christianity 201, (laughs) which is discipleship. But I really like what you were saying there, Abigail, that that's, that's absolutely not the way that we should look at it. That when we come to faith, not only do we immediately have this new identity that we're one of God's children, we are a follower of Christ, but 
from the very outset, we also have a new mission. We've been brought into one of the ways that people have heard us say this is that not only are you immediately made part of the family of God, but you're immediately made part of the family business, that there's work, there's a mission that Jesus is involved in and that he's calling us to be involved in. So when we lack that clear understanding, oftentimes what happens is we can fall into three common mistakes. And the first is just we have no vision. So mm. we just sort of go around in circles uh, throughout life and we're, we consider ourselves Christians, but we're just not sure what we're supposed to do to live that out. A second mistake we make is that we come up with our own vision so we decide that this is how I'm going to serve God. And uh, that's, that's a mistake because Proverbs 14, 12 tells us that there's a way that seems right to a, a person, but in the end, it leads to death. And a third mistake that we often make is that we just jump in with someone else's vision, whether it's a church or an individual, and we just adopt their understanding of what it means to follow Christ. But we what we really want is to, to go back to Jesus himself and to go back to the scriptures and find out what is the mission and the vision for our lives that he has for us. Abigail, something that you mentioned um, was that you wished that you had had that clarity from the very beginning. At some point, obviously, you did get a clearer vision for what it means to follow Jesus. So what helped you? Yeah, you know, oddly enough, my clarity came from Exodus of all places. <laughs> um, but I really, I know, who knew? Um, but I remember getting ready to kind of head out into the world um, and make my own choices. So I was in my like late teens at this point to set the stage for you guys. Um, but it was kind of the first time in my life that I was obviously making choices for myself. And I, it really hit me hard that. I kind of had this choice ahead of me of was I going to just make my own path or follow Jesus. Um, and so I was reading in Exodus 33 at the time, and it, Moses prays this prayer. So it's, he says, if your presence does not go with us, do not send us up from here. How will anyone know that you are pleased with me or with your people unless you go with us? What else will distinguish me and your people from all the other people on the face of the earth? And so I really realized that the only way for my life to have any meaning or any true purpose that I wanted to have was to align my path with Jesus's path um, and his plan for me. So I basically just started begging the Lord to go with me, which really meant that I wanted to follow his direction from then on. Um, and I, I think it just really hit home at that point that, you know, I could choose my own way, but it really wouldn't have the like lasting effect that my life could have if I let Jesus kind of call the shots, essentially. Um, and so he has, of course, been really faithful to guide my life ever since that point. But those verses, just when I read them, they like jumped off the page and it was like my own personal little prayer guide of what I wanted to say to the Lord at that point. Hmm. So yeah, it it kind of gave me that clarity. And that's kind of how the the word of God works, doesn't it? Yeah, well, I love that. it. I think it is how it works. Oftentimes we see something in Scripture, we take it serious, and then we begin to pray and ask that God would make it true in our in our personal life, that what we see him doing, what we see Moses praying there in Exodus would be the same thing that we could pray and see God come through in the same way in our time and in our lives. Mm. And uh, 
you know, sometimes I know that some of our listeners already have this this idea clear in their minds that Jesus does have a, a path and a plan for you, for you. But but some some believers don't, and I think for me, early on, that was something that that wasn't clear to me is that that Jesus actually did have a path and a plan for me specifically. Um, one thing that uh, I like to share with people because it's been such an encouragement to me is. Um, and Abby, you're going to love this because it's the four A's. So all of these uh, start with the same <laughs> yes. letter. Yes, alliteration for the win. <laughs> Let's hear them, Andrew. <laughs> so these are four things that are true about Jesus. So first is that he is alive. And and I think for a lot of Christians, we actually can lose sight of that, that we still think of Jesus as some sort of distant historical figure. And yes, mm, he rose yeah. from the dead, but we don't really think of him as being someone who is present, that he is alive with us today. But he is. And that's one of the truths that we see in the scripture. A second is that he is alert. And again, this is something that I know I struggled with. I just didn't really believe that Jesus was aware of what was going going on in my life, that he was alert to it. But uh, when you read the scriptures, he is. He knows what's going on in our lives. A third thing is that Jesus is active. So not only is he alive, he's alert, but he wants to be involved in what's happening in my individual life. And then finally, Jesus is all powerful. Like he said that all power, all authority has been given to him in heaven and on earth. And so when you take those four things together, it really gives you a, a real confidence to approach discipleship, following Jesus, knowing that he's there, he wants us to follow him, he does have that path and that plan for our lives. For me, when I was first getting started, like I said, I I really lacked that. I was probably somewhere between having no vision um, for this life of discipleship and trying to come up with my own vision, just trying to figure it out. And strangely enough, what really began to help me see this picture and plan that God had for me was a small booklet called Born to Reproduce. And um, it's still published, um, but it really was the first time that uh, someone was able to articulate what I would call the thou shouts of faith. That up until that point, I had a very clear idea of the thou shalt nots, all of the things that I had been doing uh, before coming to faith that I was supposed to stop doing. But I really struggled with knowing, well, what should I do? And this little booklet, uh, Born to Reproduce, began to lay out what a life of faith could look like if I really trusted Jesus and began to follow him. And then shortly after that, within about six to eight months, uh, I met an older man who was a believer who was willing to disciple me in the faith. And I was fortunate that he was locked into following Jesus. He had this clear vision and purpose. He wasn't just following the traditions of the church that had come down to us through the centuries, or what I would call popular Christianity, just the, the latest and greatest idea of what mission should be about for the church, that he was really locked into Jesus and the scriptures and really trying to follow in the footsteps of Christ. That really helped me begin to discern how I might also be able to follow him. And there's a verse in Psalm 33:11 it says the counsel of the Lord stands forever the plans of his heart from generation to generation that gives me a lot of confidence because we don't have to come up with a fresh idea in the 21st century of what 
of what it looks like to follow Jesus, the, the plans of the Lord are from generation to generation, that he hasn't really changed his mission. We just need to figure out what it is and get on board with it. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, Andrew, where can people get Born to Reproduce? Can they just Google it? Like what What can they do? That's a great question. If- it's published by... It's published by a Christian organization called The Navigators, and I'm sure that if you Google it, that there's some way to to find copies of it. You could probably also get it on Amazon, to be honest. But um, yeah, yeah. and the other thing there. I would say, <laughs> that's right. It's actually so I read the booklet, but the booklet I found out later was actually a transcript of an audio message, which is also, you, you can still find the audio message itself, Born to Reproduce. So if you're someone who would rather listen than read, which I know a lot of people are, then you can also Google Born to Reproduce, the audio message. It's actually also on our website. So Yeah, I was about to say, to... I'm pretty sure we posted it. <laughs> yeah, and actually, it's, it's, it's if they scroll up on the podcast, it was uh, one of the bonus audios that we put yeah. out earlier this year. So Born to Reproduce. That's right. High recommend. Yeah, for sure. So let's continue to kind of get practical here and give our listeners some ways that they can begin to overcome uncertainty and find clarity. And just as we have talked about our own experiences, so maybe some practical things that we can do to bring clarity. Um, I'll just kind of start us off here. Um, Number one, just praying, Um, just spending time in prayer, seeking the Lord in that way. Um, In Jeremiah 29, everybody knows verse 11, because we all love to claim that, you know, the Lord has plans for us. But in verse 13, there's an maybe even more important promise for us, as it just says, you know, that if you seek me, then you will find me. And when you search for me with your whole heart, then, you know, you'll find me and I will lead you and and guide you. And that Mm. is exactly the truth. So um, if you are just without direction and you just know there's something missing, just start digging into prayer. And um, I'll also just go ahead and say that fasting also really works. And I really like poo-pooed this idea for a long time because I did not love the idea of fasting. But friends, I'm here to tell you that it 100% works. So fasting for a short amount of time or just however long you feel... um, would it help you just to get that clarity? It works. Um, Brett and I fasted a few weeks ago, and it really just broke open an area in our life that we were really seeking him in. So I think that's a really big one. So praying and fasting, um, the Lord usually starts answering right away. Well, let me um, just ask, could you give like some practical ideas? Because sometimes when people hear the word fasting, either it's a totally new concept for them yeah. Or maybe they've heard of it, but it simply means don't eat, don't drink. <laughs> but um, yeah. maybe just say a few words about like ways that you can fast. Yeah. Well, obviously what you just mentioned are the first kind of go-to, but maybe you can't give up food, like you have some sort of dietary restrictions. Or um, when I was pregnant, it was really frowned upon for me to give up meals and I got really hangry. So um, (laughs) uh, we kind of turned towards other ways of fasting, um, giving up social media or giving up your television time at the end of the day or just giving up coffee. We've done that one before. Things that, you know, really are going to impact your life, like you're going to realize that you're missing something that you usually, you know, kind of have in your day-to-day ritual. 
Um, food and drink are perfect because we really do need those to be sustained. But the whole idea is that we're doing without before the Lord and kind of humbling ourselves before him and making an extra time in our day um, to pray. So if you're giving up food and drink, then obviously like at that normal lunchtime, you have extra time to pray. Um, we, Brett and I, have... Um, used the giving up kind of entertainment in the evening when we usually like watch a show or something. And then that opened up a whole section of time that we could spend in prayer. Um, And that was a really, you know, worked really well for us um, when we weren't able to give up food. So that's, those are just a couple of ideas. But usually um, when fasting comes into my mind, and I know that it's something the Lord's kind of asking me to do, then I'll also immediately start asking him what I should give up. And he's usually pretty clear, like something will usually pop into my head right away that's like, ooh, I should give up Mm. Facebook or whatever. Um, And it's, yeah, for me, that sort of has worked well. Well, that's definitely a very um, practical way that people can get started if they're asking God to give them clarity and certainty about how to follow him, how to make disciples, how to be the church. You know, prayer is the starting point and fasting is a way of really demonstrating to God that that you're serious, that you really want Him to answer and to give you this clarity. So, yeah, a second absolutely. practical step that that people can take is to really take a closer look at the life and ministry of Jesus. And I would encourage people to focus in on the Gospel of Mark. Um, it's the shortest gospel, sixteen chapters. It also does a great job of balancing the teaching of Jesus with the activity of Jesus. There's a lot in there. Mark is a very action-oriented gospel, and so you can not only study what Jesus said about his mission, but what he actually did, how he lived out this mission that the Father had given him. And then I would pair that with uh, reading and studying through the book of Acts, because that's really how the first generation of Jesus's followers continued on his work. It was the way you can think about it is that it was is them living out in their generation the mission of Jesus, which has I think a lot to teach us for how we can begin to live out the uh, the mission of Jesus in our time. So that's a second practical step that I would encourage people to take is is to really focus in on the Gospel of Mark and the Book of Acts to try to learn what is the mission of Jesus. And how did those first followers of Jesus live it out? And what can I learn from that? I, yeah, and I think that both of those are really good. You know, we've talked about praying and fasting and reading our Bibles, but I just want to remind everybody, we do not live in a vacuum. Like, there are other people out there. And so find <laughs> a committed community that is living this out, that you see that they are actively um you know, being outward focused and in the harvest places. And it may look different from what you're expecting, but just find people that are being faithful, honestly, and then commit to them. I promise you they're out there. Um, I think that when we started into the harvest, we maybe felt like, you know, we were the little lone wolves out there trying to make it work. But the longer we've been at this, the more we've just been amazed at how many people are committed to this kind of lifestyle. So just find a community. And if you don't see one in you know your local sphere, just start praying um, that the Lord would bring those kind of people into your life. Maybe it's just one or two, but find people that are doing this and then 
be under their teaching, be under their guidance, um, people that are showing the fruit of a life lived in the harvest places and just learn from them. Like there are some great people that have been paving the way for us for sure. Yeah, 100% agree with that one. That's that's a third practical step that people can take is if you're already around a community like that, double down in your commitment. Don't scatter right. yourself. You right. know, really commit to those relationships. And like like Abby said, if you don't, if you look around and you don't see that kind of community, begin to pray. Uh, I, the Lord has people in your corner of the harvest that you can connect with. You know, begin to pray and ask him to allow your path to cross theirs. So um, he'll do yeah. that. You know, and also I just want to say that if you don't see those people around, like start talking about it a lot. <laughs> Because I think, you know, you might get someone else excited, honestly, like maybe it wasn't (laughs) on their radar when you started, but um, you just start talking about it. You can be the one to get it started um, and just, you know, start repeating what we keep telling you on the podcast. And I bet there's going to be some some people that light up at the idea. So, you know, just talk to them about it to everybody you see. (laughs) Yeah, I agree. I, I think that that often is what happens. Well, a fourth and a final practical step that, that we would recommend you consider if you're looking for this clarity of, of how to follow Jesus and how to help other people follow him is a small book called The Master Plan of Evangelism by a guy named Robert Coleman. It was written probably 50, 60 years ago, so it's been around for a little while, but it has stood <laughs> yeah. the test of time. This has been such a great resource in my own life, and I've used it quite a bit to help other people begin to develop this Christ vision for life and for ministry. And that's really what he does. You know, it's called the master plan of evangelism. And it's a little bit of a play on words because what he's actually doing is he's looking to see what was the master's plan. You know, what was it that Jesus, how did he structure his life? What are the principles that we see him living out in the gospels? And he actually uh, refines that down to eight principles that you can see demonstrated in the life and mission of Jesus in the Gospels that we can then put into practice. So it's a great resource. Um, again, you can find it on Amazon, um, but a great little book that if, you, if you're not familiar with, I would definitely encourage you to pick that up and read it, The Master Plan of Evangelism by Robert Coleman. Well, um, Abby, this has been a fun conversation. I hope people will find it encouraging as they strive to overcome uncertainty and look for that clarity in their own life what it means to follow Jesus, how they can begin helping other people follow him, and how they can do that in the everyday of life. We definitely love to hear from you, our listeners. So Abigail, what's the best way for people to connect with us? Oh, yes, Andrew. Um, People should for (laughs) sure message us on Instagram because we're on it 24-7. Andrew and I have laughed about this, that we really um, have really doubled down on answering people's comments and their messages. And so, I mean, guys, if we don't respond in just a few minutes, then, you know, check our pulse because we're we're on it. (laughs) Um, So definitely, if you don't have Instagram, you can also find us on Facebook because when we're not on Instagram, we're definitely checking our Facebook. So, Guys, we are on social media, so go find us. There is no excuse to not strike up a conversation with us because we are ready and excited to talk to you about these things. So we are really excited about this conversation that we're having today. We hope that it helps you and encourages you, and we hope that this topic that we're covering of obstacles really impacts um, where you're at right now. So we will be covering fear 
and busyness in the next couple of episodes, and we hope you'll check back with it in with us for those because I think it's going to be really encouraging. Well, Abby, this was good. I can't wait to do it again. And I would just say to those who are listening, if this has been something that's encouraging and helpful to you, you know, consider sharing this podcast with someone else that you think would be encouraged and would benefit from this. But Abigail, until next time. I know. Stay healthy, friends. (laughs) Talk to you later. Thanks for listening to the podcast. You can help us reach more people by going to iTunes, subscribing, and leaving a review. And if you like what we're doing here, tell a friend about us. In an age of social media, word of mouth is still the best way to spread the message.